So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I've got longtime friend, uh, former affirmation partner from way back in the day, Chris Heller, mega agent, early team leader, former CEO of Keller Williams, now the chief real estate officer at Ojo Labs down in Austin. CH, what's up, man? I, I, when you did that intro, I got this big smile on my face because I was, I was literally thinking about our, the affirmations that you and I did at 5 a.m. every morning. I, I, that was so long ago. I don't even know how long ago it was. I don't even think we should say it because like, I'm looking at your hair and I know my hair is gray also. And I just, my, my buddy, David August, who makes all my clothes, he's like, I don't tell people I've been doing this for 30 years anymore. I'm down telling him it's 20 years. I don't want to be identified as being old. We were just young. We were kids, man. We were kids. We were kids on a mission. Yes. And now we're adults and writing books. So for my friends out there listening, if you're, if you're watching, you can see Chris. So Chris, these are my favorite kind of books, right? <laughs> Short and sweet, 90 pages, big print. But what I love about this book, the book's called Dominant Thoughts. What I love about this book is a it reminded me of so many of the principles that you and I were kind of raised on. And I, I jokingly say that a lot of people were raised on milk and cookies. Some people were raised on surf and skate. We were definitely raised on like Earl Nightingale, Brian Tracy, my dad, Mike Ferry. And, and this book really speaks volume. So, so I, I wrote down a couple of questions. I want to know first and foremost, like, why did you write this book? Who's it for? Um, so since I don't think they'll watch this, I, I think I can tell you, I have four kids from the ages of 22 to 31. And when a dad or when this dad tries to, to, to impart any wisdom or thoughts or ideas, it's met with some resistance. Um, and, and, and I was, and secretly, I think there was a hope that my kids would someday read this book and, and learn the things I've learned. But then there's a whole world out there of people. And I look at you know, our industry in real estate. I think every real estate team, when a team leader reads this book, they'll want their team members to read it. Yeah. And, and so in the back of my mind, as I was laying it out, I was thinking, okay, on my real estate team or my Ojo team, you know, is this stuff that I would want team members to, to understand, grasp, think about? The answer is absolutely. So it's, um, you remember a, a former mentor and friend of yours, uh, Bill Mitchell. So Bill yeah. wrote a similar size book with a very similar sort of his methodology, his philosophy in business and life. And one of the great things I did before he passed is I said, could you please write something to each of my boys in a book? It's sitting by my desk in Dallas, right at my house. And I can't wait because, you know, they're 23 and 21. I don't want to give it to them yet. I want to wait till they're like, maybe 30, 35. And then yep. it's really going to resonate. I, I would say to everybody listening beyond the fact that Chris is just a handsome guy and a super successful individual. Um, I think this is one of those books that you want to buy like tens and twenties and thirties of copies and just give them to like every high school kid, you know, every college kid, you know, every, every new agent joining your team, 
because the the foundational the foundational principles that you discuss in this are just spot on. So I want to get into some of that, right? So um, walk walk us through. There's only like ten chapters, and they're quick and they're punchy. Give us like a, and what, by the way, what I love about the book is you're like, in case you needed it easier, here's just the bullet points of in each chapter. Of Don't tell them that's at the back of the book. They won't read the story. No, it's okay, but it is a fable. So for the people that are listening, it is a fable. And I'm obviously gushing on my buddy here, but I like this. I like the thought of just, you know, give it to me fast. Like, what is it? But give us the concept as to why a fable and then some of the big messages you're trying to get across to people. Yeah. So here's why a fable. When I was young, in, in my 20s, I read some books that were, that had a profound impact on me. You know, books like The Richest Man in Babylon, um, Og Mandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World. Right. Um, you know, those type of books that just like, like it w- was like a lightning, lightning bolt. Rod. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and those were the books that had the, the biggest. Now, I've, I've, like, we both read a lot of books, right? And there's, there's just more phenomenal books than you even have time to get to. But when you think about the most impactful ones, a lot of them were fables. They were parables or stories that you could really relate to and get the message in there versus a dry, you know, you know to-do list type of, of, of manual. Right. We remember more of the who moved my cheese, right? Like those kind of stories that you're like, yeah, right. Um, and even think and grow rich was really the, the story of the meeting of the 500 wealthiest people at the time and what he learned from them. So, so give us unpack for us a couple of the big lessons for the person listening right now. You know, um, there's, there's each chapter really through the story, each chapter focuses on a lesson. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of them is not listening to our wants and don't wants. And okay, on the surface, you go, wait a minute, what wants what does and that don't mean? wants? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, we have a we have a job to do, and our job is to um, and throughout the day, our schedule dictates different things we're doing. Let's say we're at our time where we're doing as a salesperson lead generation and lead follow up. It's very common for that voice in our head to say, "I don't want to do this today," or "I want to go play golf." Or I want to go to the beach or anything, you know, anything and other so, than making phone calls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or I want to, I want to check social media. Um, uh, and so th- the more that we can sort of put the mental blinders on to not listen to those wants and don't wants. And, and I use, I just did it as a trigger, you know, when I was, mm-hmm. and I still do it. Um, but when I was actively, you know, in the sales mode, I would have a thought come up like, I don't, I don't want to do this today. And then I just dial the next number and go, I don't listen to my wants. I don't listen to my don't wants. And so, you know, so that, that type of concept, um, a concept of the, the power, the power of mindset and the discipline that, that you can create around that, uh, you know, to really be able to have a stronger mindset. Yeah. We, we've, we've heard it when we were young from your dad you teach it now, you know, 90% of what we do is, is our mindset. Yeah. So how do we, how do we strengthen that? How do we create discipline around those certain areas that make the rest of our life work better? Those are, um, you know, those are, are things, you know, I, I broke it into different chapters, but the concept of, you know, showing up, you know, be where you are when you're there, you know, paying attention, you know, being present, 
um, you know, not being attached to the outcome. But the, you know, okay, so like, these are these are these simple thoughts. When you actually apply them, are profound, right? You know, showing up is is to me like I've heard so many of my great mentors say, showing up is like half the battle. Like you never win if you don't show up. Yeah. Right. You never win unless you pick up the phone. You never win unless you like apply yourself. And I think, you know, so many people today um, have been coddled. Life has been too easy. They never really had to struggle. And what I got from this book is it reminded me of all the times in my life where I had to struggle, where I had to fight. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, again, that's when we look back Like at the time, it, it just feels and looks like struggle. When we look back, it, it, it feels and looks like this is when I grew and learned and gained the most. Um, you know, and you touched on something a minute ago that I think is, uh, and some people won't like this, but it's the, the reality of there. We have a, a younger generation now who, who is very, and, and there's good parts of this. So I'm not saying this as a yeah. negative, but yeah. it's very idealistic on how, they want things and how things should be. Yes. Um, like I would never go work for that company. Oh, I would never do that job. Um, okay. You don't have a job, so you should get whatever job you can yes. and then, and then do such a phenomenal job that you get recognized and get opportunities out of that. That's a different mentality than what I see happening now a lot. Yes. Um, and that's something that, you know, I, I, you know, pendulums tend to swing one extreme to another. And I think we, you know, we've, we've, you know, well, it'll come back and somewhere in the middle and be the, in the right place. But I think for, for people that, uh, you know, that, especially that younger generation, I, I shared the book with a, a coworker, the COO of, of, of Ojo, and I wanted her input. It was like the first draft and, and she ran, she goes, I love this, but I'll tell you what, my son, who's graduating and going to college next year, is not going to leave for college until he reads this book. I love that. And, and that was like, that was really confirming and like, okay, that's, that's what I wanted. So I, uh, I need you to send me a signed copy for my Uncle Frank. So, so Uncle Frank is my wife's, my wife's biological uncle, but he's Uncle Frank to me. So Chris, get this. He's turning 100. He is one of two survivors from the 101st Airborne Division landing on D-Day in World War II. Wow. Uncle Frank's going to read this book and he's going to go, yeah, yeah. Because I remember asking him one day, so why did you sign up for the Airborne Division, you know, as you were entering into World War II when all your buddies were all going in the Navy? He said, $25 extra per month. I said, did you even know what it was? He's like, I figured it had to be in the air. That was all I really had. Like, think right. about that. Like, we, we refer to them as the greatest generation because they were mentally tough and did whatever it took. And when I, when I was just going through this, that, that's what this book reminded me of, right? Yeah. Like, there's just, some, there's just some nuggets and wisdom and insight in here. Um, but you were going to say, I cut you off there. No, no, it's, 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 you're right. And I think there's, um, look, we're all, we're all, we all want things and we all want things fast and we always, want to find the easiest way to get it. Um, but you know what you learn over time and in, in, at our um, middle age, you, that it's your middle age. It, Sorry. Yours. <laughs> we're, we're pretty darn close. Um, I only have a slight uh, lead on you. Um, 
the uh, you know that there's there's a component of time, consistency, effort that then creates the opportunities. Um, people just want opportunities, but there's there's things that you can do to create opportunities. And I think one of the things you can do to create opportunities more effectively than anything else, more effectively than who you know or who's going to get you in this mm-hmm. or anything else is go get phenomenal results and the opportunities will come to you. They will find you. Right. Right. Um, we're, so- I mean, look at you and I are, you know, and many other people out there are living proof of that. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Tell us about a time um, when these dominant thoughts applied, maybe when you were in a hard way. You mean, you mean when I was in a tough situation? Yeah. Oh. And I've had my share of those. And um, it's our, our minds can be our, our, our biggest strength and our, our biggest enemies. And, you know, being able to control your thoughts. Or to, or to observe your thoughts and be able to recognize, you know, what's going on, you know, allows you to, to step out from the mire of, of the, you know, the, the sludge that you're in and say, okay, yeah, this sucks, but what am I going to do? And what's my option? And was one the, we were just joking before this, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that that i've learned from your dad and you obviously learned from your dad in that question of what's your option right is one that multiple times a a week if if not daily i ask myself that and that is a great question like looking at that but you know when you're in a tough situation whether it's a personal situation like divorce dysfunctional work environments uh you know uh, a loved one passing you know all those things you know, it puts, helps put things when you, when you can step back a little bit, it helps put things in perspective, uh, while you're going through them, then, you know, you, you know, your, your biggest ally or your biggest enemy is going to be yourself and, and, you know, which way are you going to go? Which one are you going to choose? You know, are you going to, you know, focus on, okay, what do I need to do? Or are you going to focus on why is this happening to me? How have you, uh, what advice do you have for the person that is in it? Like they're in the thick of it, right? Like you and I have talked for a long time about like being a wartime general, like, you know, when the world is kind of going into a shit burrito, we get a little calm and focused and, and, and I still try and synthesize, like, what is the process that I go through to get there? What do you recommend when someone is, they just lose the biggest deal of their life and they just found out something is tragically wrong with a loved one. I mean, this like it's everyday life stuff happens that throws a wrench at us. And, you know, you and I have watched really good people take themselves emotionally and mentally out of the game for a day, a week, a month, sometimes like, Hey, like where, where how you doing, man? Oh, you remember three years ago, I had that, you know, that back problem. I'm like, 
Yeah. That was three years ago. You're still talking about that. Like, I'm not saying there's, you know, there wasn't something tragically wrong with it, but like that was three years ago. Like that's where you're at. How do you help someone get through that faster or, or not get caught in the emotional cycle? Yeah, it's, um, that's a great question. And you, and you just reminded me of something that I hadn't thought of, but you're right. Like the worse things get, the more chaotic they get for me, the more things slow down, the more focused I get, the more clear I get, you know, that's one of the reasons why a lot of times people say, gosh, you're, you're really good at like, um, taking a chaotic situation or big problems and just like narrowing it down to here's, here's the issue. Here's what we need to focus on. Um, I think, I think the, the answer to your question is what's the advice you give someone is if you don't naturally do that, then train yourself to do that. You know, take the deep breaths, take a step back, give yourself time and permission to say, you know what, I'm not going to answer that right now, or I'm not going to respond to that right now. Um, and you can do it with little things. You can do it with, with text messages and emails. Sometimes you'll get a, an email. I used to get emails from a, from a former for boss, not to name any names. And if I had any emotion about what was being communicated to me, I would not respond. Yeah. And I wouldn't respond until I had no emotion about it. And sometimes it would be an hour. Sometimes it would be a day. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, setting up structures to help create that. So, uh, we'll use a real estate example. We've seen agents, right? They they lose a deal on the day of closing right. and they flipping go into a funk for three weeks. And, you know, where's Tom? Oh, he lost that deal. I haven't seen him since. You know, it's like, it's like give yourself a finite amount of time. And my real estate team, back when I was active in it, I had a three-minute rule. It's like, I am going to be pissed, upset, whatever for three minutes and then I'm done and I'm moving on. Um, and that, that worked. And it's, it, and after a while that becomes a habit when things yeah. happen and then you focus on, okay. And, and another thing is don't focus on the challenge. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the opportunity because there's always an opportunity on the other side of it. It's thinking grow rich one Oh one, the seed of equivalent benefit, if not greater, always found. So I, I heard this this morning and I want to get your take on it. And I, I sent a tweet out on this. It said, I heard a great line in a podcast this morning. It quotes, you have to be a disaster to one day become a master. <laughs> and here's, I, um, so I don't know that you have to be a disaster to become a master. <laughs> but nothing, nothing forges steel like the fire. Right. And and going through those disasters, every time you go through one and you go through it mm -hmm. the right way, and I'll talk yeah. about what I think the right way is in a second. Yeah. But every time you go through it and come out the other side, you get another stripe. Mm -hmm. You get like another stripe like Uncle Frank had on his uni yep. uniform. Yeah. And over, at, at some point you become a general or a master of, mm -hmm. of dealing with those things. So um, I'm not recommending anyone go create disasters so they become a master. Um, we're all going to have those challenges. They're going to happen anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, going through them. So I mentioned going through them the, yeah, right, the way. right way. The right way. So a couple of weeks ago, a, a, a friend had a friend in town who's going through a really tough personal and professional situation. And he goes, hey, will you talk to him? Because you've been through all this before. And one of the things I said to him in the conversation, and, and it was a, 
involved conversations. I'm just giving you the, the bullet point was the best thing you can do is to go through it, not try to run from it, not try to avoid it, not try to numb out, mm. not run into a distraction, go through it. It's like, it feels like when you're in it, it feels like going through an eye of a needle. It's like, it can be excruciating. Right. But when you come out the other side, you come out the other side 10 feet tall and invincible, or that feeling of being 10 feet tall and invincible. And, and you don't get that when you do those other things. Um, so, you know, the right way to deal with things, I hate using that term the right way because it implies there's wrong ways and better ways than not, but it's, the more you can just go through it and feel it and deal with it and learn from it, the faster you're going to you know, be on the other side of it. What were you feeling when you were offering that advice? Um, so okay, there, there was part of me that was, was um, feeling some of the things that happened to me back when I was talking to those things. So it brings up those things and those are, you know, there's still, you know, there's always going to be some scar tissue around those wounds. Um, but I was also feeling a lot of compassion. Like this person is probably only hearing a fraction of what I'm saying because that's all they have the capacity to do in, in, under the circumstances. But if any, if anything gets through or helps, then I'm glad I got the chance to talk to him. You know, and his friend who had put us together to talk called me that night and said, Hey, that was really helpful. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. And, you know, so like at the end of the day, what is there? There's, there's the difference that we make and the people that we're right. around. And that's, that's when we're gone, that's the only thing that's left. Yeah. I think about uh, the word fulfillment a lot and it's, you know, relationships, it's growth and it's contribution, like the things that, that, that give me fulfillment. And I, I sense that as you were sharing that story. So, so Chris, um, show up, pay attention, tell the truth. Don't be attached to the outcome. I wrote about that in one of my books and I still, to this day, people just say to me, but, uh, but don't you understand? Like, I didn't get the listing. Don't you understand that? Like, you know, my kid get, didn't get into the college that I wanted, you know, uh, my assistant quit. And, and I'm like, my wife describes it best. And I would love your perspective. She's like, baby, the Tom Ferry train is always moving and people jump on and people jump off. But the Tom Ferry train is always moving. Right. I mean, like the best wife advice ever when I'm like in the middle of the shit burrito, she's like, the Tom Ferry train just keeps moving. Just keep adding more fuel and you'll just keep going. But that, but that whole thing around not being attached, you hear Michael Jordan here's, talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. Here's the way I think about it. And by the way, our wives do come up with the best advice. Yes. My, my wife will say stuff like to me in those situations like, hey, this is when you're at your best. You, you like this. You're good at this. is what you're great at. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I wish I didn't have to deal with it. Why do I always have the disaster? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I am good. All right. All right. Um, so it, not being attached to the outcome. A lot of people hear that and it's, they think it's like um, uh, having apathy. You're not caring. Yeah. No, I, I think of it in terms of, of of commitment versus being attached to the outcome. So here's an example. Use a real estate example. Um, 
I have a, I have you as my client under contract. I am absolutely committed that the deal goes great, that you have the best experience, that that you think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, and, and that's my commitment. I'm going to do everything I can to, to fill on that. But if the deal falls out, I'm not attached to that outcome because it's, it, in most cases, it's out of my hands. Now, if I did something that caused yes. it, I'm going to go, okay, I, I screwed up. I'm going to take responsibility. Yep. I'm going to own it. I'm going to learn from it. Um, but when you're attached to the outcome, if that deal falls out, I initially feel it in an emotional way. Like I'll feel it in my gut. I'll be, it'll impact me emotionally. I'll have emotional reaction to it. I'll have emotional interactions mm -hmm. about it um, versus being attached. I, I think of doctors. Doctors probably demonstrate this better than anyone else. Like doctors care about their patients, right? That's why they became doctors. Right. But if they were attached to the outcome, like an ER physician, it, after two days, they'd be a wreck. Right. They wouldn't be able to help anyone. Right. Um, so committed to helping and doing everything you can, but you can't be attached to every outcome. Right. It weakens you. And from a negotiating standpoint or playing poker, um, and I'm not a poker player, but I know how to play, um, you know, being not being attached to the outcome is the most powerful position to come from. Bingo. Bingo. Committed, not attached. That could be, that could be the line of the shelf right there. So Chris, where do they go to buy this book? Amazon, chrisseller.com, dominantthoughts.com? Dominantthoughts.com or to Amazon, uh, the either one. Dominant Thoughts, you'll get, you know, get a little preview of the book at the dominantthoughts.com. Uh, if you just got all the preview you need, go straight to Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy copies for everybody on my team and all the coaches. So thank you so much for writing this book. If it's, I got, have you sent a copy to my dad yet? Shout out no. to the OG, the real Mike Ferry. I, I will. I'm going to send two. I'm going to send one to your uncle. You for to you to give yes. to your uncle Frank. Yeah, I already know what I'm going to say in it, and then I will. Uh, I will send one to the original mentor. Yes, 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 yes. I I, I actually busted shops. He's Mike Ferry. My my older son has all of the at the what he calls himself at the real Mike Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, slow down, kid. Slow down. You got time. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for writing this book. Um, it just, it, uh, it, it's one of those books that this is a must read for 2022, especially when you think about not just everything that's happening in the world, but in the world of real estate, like, you know, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but you know, there's a lot of people making the statement, including myself, that this could be one of the more challenging marketplaces we've been in since 2008 and nine. So yeah. to not strengthen our reserve and our ability to be a little less attached, but be more committed now more than ever, it's the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you again, man. And Hey guys, get to Amazon, go buy this book. More importantly, probably buy 10 copies of it and give it to everybody that you love, especially some, uh, some younger people that need to maybe have a few disasters and become masters. And we made it an easy read 118 pages. And, and like 20 of them are just, you know, okay, regurgitating. So yeah. It's like, it's like 85 pages. Right? Yeah. Let's save him even more time, Chris. All right, man. We'll just refer to it by a, a what? Three eighths of an inch or half, half an inch. Hey, I like it. That means the author was able to get to the point. It's a great story. So, all right, man, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. And, uh, and again, congrats on this great book. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Take care, everybody. Look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. 
If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.